Hallelujah. Good morning. Hallelujah. 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 Just hang with me just a moment as the kids go to their classes. Um, good morning. Good morning. Okay, so would you please put that first scripture up as you remain standing, please? Hallelujah. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying out of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Hallelujah. God, our Father in heaven, we are gathered in the name of Jesus. Lord, some of us in this room and watching come with expectation. Only because of, Jesus, what you did for us at Calvary. Thank you that we could come with expectation, gathered in your name, Jesus, that we may expect for you to be in our midst according to your word. And Lord, let this, let this moment not go by. Father, let this be real. Let this be such a powerful moment for each of us who are gathered in your name. Father, let this moment, because we're in your presence, Father, let it absolutely change us. More conform to the purpose and plan, more in mind. And Father, therefore, having this mind that you've afforded us, Lord, please, let it be accompanied with the power, Father, from heaven, the power Lord, that you said the same power that raised you from the dead is now in us. So Lord, in, in your name we ask, let that power be known. Father, not for our glory. Father, not for our will, but for your will. Father, not for our fame and not for our gain, but for your fame and for your gain. So Father, have your way in this service. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. You may be seated. Thank you. My brothers and sisters, and I, and, and I can almost hear, even over the internet, the eyes rolling back in the head. We've, we've been in this scripture for quite a while, and we've taken it apart. And, but I don't think that there's... Um, I, I really believe Holy Spirit is still nudging us. I'm, I'm so certain, um, my brothers and sisters, that we are to be stirred up. I'm so certain. And, and so, when Paul is writing... To Timothy, he's writing to me. He's writing to you. I know he's speaking to a, a, a pastor, but he's speaking to believers. That this gift that, of God that's been given to us, many of us have this gift. We have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us, but we have more than that. God gave us that gift. He, he meant for us to be baptized with his Holy Ghost. Not just to receive the spirit of adoption, but also receive the fullness, the anointing of the Holy Spirit to do those things that he's called us to do. And so I want to stir you up. I believe Holy Spirit is wanting us all to be stirred up so that He can use us in this t for such a time as this. This day and age that He's called us to. So that we could be the real deal for our children, to our children and to their children. Come on. Amen? So that we have a testimony that's not just in word because our children are surrounded and if you don't know it yet, they're receiving all kind of words from all kind of places. And my brothers and sisters, because there are celebrities and because there are people who have power saying these things, or they're believing these things. We need to have our word, the word that we speak, be backed up with our actions, and we need to have that same attitude that Jesus said to his closest disciples. And what was that? My words are spirit and they are life. Amen? Amen. That's the testimony that we need to have. So now, again, back in Timothy, <clears throat> 2 Timothy, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me as prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God. I know I'm repeating, but it's so important for us to understand because my brothers and sisters, the power of God really is, is, is for us to 
show his glory, but not just show his glory during the times when we are comfortable. It's not for, the power of God is not for our comfort or our gain. The power of God is for us to be able to go ahead and do his will. And doing his will, especially in his current age, certainly back then in the first century church when they were literally being burned for it. My brothers and sisters, that time is close to us now. That time is close to us. So it's important for you and for I to understand this and to teach our children well. Because you and I may not be here when it happens in its fullness or when it gets really bad. You may say, well, it's bad enough already. You haven't seen anything yet. But our children will be. And our children's children. So I want our children, your children, my children, our grandchildren to be ready for what's going to come. Come on. That power that we're speaking to is not the, the power that gives us what we want when we want it. That power is not there so that we can go ahead and ri live a comfortable, rich, and happy life while we're here. That power is the power and the strength that comes from God in order for us to walk according to what He has told us to walk according to. Amen? Not according to the prince and the power. Oh, I'm getting started already. Not according to the prince and the power of the air, but in obedience to Him. Amen? Amen. Amen. Oh, well, that sounds good. But look at it in Acts 1. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. The power emanates from Him. The power is His. It's all His. Amen. So, my brothers and sisters, last week, we, we kind of talked about the sound mind, and also in that same example that we use, David and Goliath, you saw the sound mind of David. What was that sound mind all about? He, didn't, he wasn't depending on anything other than he knew what he said was, you're coming, he said to his enemy, you're coming with spear and sword. I'm coming against you with the Lord. Amen. According to the Lord, the power of the Lord's army, I'm coming to you according to the Lord of hosts. Yes. Yes. I don't, what, five stones. Yep. Five stones, that's what he had. But what he had, he knew. He knew what? He knew the spirit of the living God. Yes. You're not coming up against me, you're coming against the army, the, the battle is the Lord's. Amen? Amen. Sound mind. So while everybody else is shaken, he had soundness of mind. The soundness of mind. Everything that the Lord had taught him while he's singing and making melodies in, the, in, the, in those pastures, in those fields. He's singing and making melodies. And when the bear and the lion, he, he was able to overtake them by the power of the Lord in obedience to God. Amen? Amen? So even in the face of sheer danger, even in the face of that terror, he kept his mind. And then the power of God worked through him and he slew the giant. Not only did he slay the giant, but then all the armies of Israel saw that witness. They were encouraged. <gasps> and they defeated many Philistines that day, didn't they? Hallelujah. So like... This week, really focus in like a laser beam on this power by the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. So in Judges, you could turn there if you'd like to. I'm going to try to summarize this as best I can. In Judges chapter 13. In Judges chapter 13. In Judges chapter 13, we see that the Philistines are uh, in control. Now remember, this is the period between Joshua, after Joshua uh, had perished. He was the leader of the Israelis, and then before the first, uh, before Eli, before they were ruled by you know a prophet or a, a priest, which then led to the crowning of a king, Saul, the first king. In this period, um, they they were ruled by judges, and uh, Samson becomes a judge. So, my brothers and sisters, in this is in Judges chapter thirteen, we see that there's this. We're introduced to a man named Manoah. Noah had uh, a, a wife who was barren. She couldn't have any children. And she was, you know, the, obviously that was something that was huge for them. So she's in the field and she's visited by the angel of the Lord. And the angel of the Lord tells her that she's going to bear. I'm, I'm just going to read for you in uh, Judges uh, chapter 13, verse 5. Behold, you shall conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come upon his head. For the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb. He shall begin to deliver... Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. 
You, now, my brothers and sisters, so, 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 so get this. She's out in the field, and the angel of the Lord, now we know because we've been taught this, or you already knew it before, that the angel of the Lord is Jesus. This, this, this is Jesus. How do I know that? Because the Bible has proved it over and over again. This is God. This is God taking a body, taking a body so that he could be perceived. Amen? I, I know that. I, I, I know that. I read, I study, I pray, and, and so many of you know that as well. It says that Jesus, he is the image of the invisible God. So whenever God appears in a bodily form, in a bodily form, it's Jesus. Amen? Okay, so now Jesus appears to Manoah's wife and he gives her this prophecy. He tells her this is what's going to happen. She goes back and she tells her husband and he's taken back, but he says, and he prays to the Lord, let that same angel appear so that I can hear it. Not that I don't believe her, but, you know, I want to hear from myself. So the same angel, God honors the prayer. He appears to Manoah's wife, and she runs back as she's in the field. She runs back, and she goes and gets him. And so he repeats this. After he repeats what he's going to do, he, the angel of the Lord, he, God, repeats what he's going to do. Let me read to you. Just, It's not going to be up there. Just listen, please. Then Manoah said, and this is verse 15, Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, please let us detain you and we will prepare a young goat for you. And the angel of the Lord said to Manoah, though you detain me, I will not eat your food, but if you offer a burnt offering, you must offer it to the Lord. That's key. That's instrumental. That's, that's really important. For Manoah did not know he was the angel of the Lord. Then Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, what is your name? that when your words come to pass, we may honor you. The angel of the Lord said to him, why do you ask my name, seeing it is wonderful? You know what that means in our... Every, I'm going to talk to you in the Tony language right now. Why do you ask my name? If I told you, you couldn't understand it anyway. It, it, you, can't come up, you cannot really rationalize in your mind. If I told you my name, I'm giving you my essence, you can't fathom it. You, can't, you, you won't be able to... So what he did... He, he, Manoah, he makes his grain and he makes his goat offering and burns it and the Lord himself goes up with the smoke. It wasn't an angel, that was God. That was Jesus. Amen? So look, when I, when I was telling uh, Michelle this morning about what I was going to say, you know, some of the things that the Holy Spirit was nudging about me, and she said, well, but... You know, because of the theme and because of what you're, where you're going, where the Lord is wanting you to go, why do you need that in? I'm going to tell you why I left that in. I want to really tell you. Because my brothers and sisters, as we, get, as we are coming closer and closer to the time, some of the pillars of our faith, Christianity, is, is being attacked. And, it's, and some of the main pillars of our faith, like the Trinity, are being attacked so that you believe partially, and what sounds halfway good, you're going to go ahead and you're going to follow that. So you will follow pastors that are like... Stephen Furtick or like T.D. Jakes who believe in modalism, who don't believe in the Trinity as it is. They believe that God could appear in different forms at different times. And I've told you before, he could do it simultaneously. He's God. And he did it before. That Jesus, God, and the Spirit are one, simultaneously separate, but simultaneously the same. I can't explain that totally. I can't. But if I could, then he's too small. My brothers and my sisters, I want you to know what you know. I want you to know what you believe and why you believe it. So that if you know that you know, it's in here. So when someone like these other celebrity preachers and pastors, or even someone else who you might be on the job with, there's nothing in that Bible that says Trinity. There's plenty in here that says Trinity. It may not say Trinity, but there's plenty in here that says that there are three parts of God that exist simultaneously but are one, truly one. Amen? Okay, so that's why I left that in there. Okay? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So in Judges 13, look at it with me in verse 24. So the woman bore a son, called his name Samson. And the child grew, and the Lord blessed him. And the Spirit of the Lord began to move upon him at Manane Dan between Zara and Eshtol. Spirit of the Lord began to move upon him. That's what I need to know. The Spirit of the Lord began to move upon him. Early. Young. 
my brothers and sisters, this is why we need to be steadfast in our walk with God so that when we have young people in our home, when we're raising our children, they need to, they need to see, they need to be able to somehow, some way understand that there is the spirit of the living God who is at force, who is at work, who is behind your walk. Not just words, not just a book that may or may not be the truth as far as they're concerned, but my brothers and sisters, that there's a spirit on the inside of you that is causing you, allowing you to walk in obedience to what you're reading. And not only that, my brothers and sisters, that there should be signs, wonders, and miracles following His church. Hallelujah. I'm not mad. I'm mad at the devil. So now Samson is growing up and he goes down to Timnah and he sees this beautiful young woman. Right? He sees this beautiful young woman, Timnah, and, he's, and he, he, he wanted, she was the daughter of the Philistines. So now he decides he wants to marry her. So he goes and he lets his father and mother know. Now again, I'm going to talk to you in Tony language. So he tells his father and his mother and his father and mother say, hey, what's the matter with you? You can't find a nice Italian girl? What's the matter with you? No. What's the matter? You can't find a nice Jewish girl? You have to marry a pagan? Right? You can't find a Jewish girl. You're going to have to marry a pagan? But my brothers and sisters, the Bible tells us specifically God was in that. See, God had already determined they were in subjugation to the Philistines because of their disobedience to God. That's how that chapter starts off, chapter 13. They were, they were in subjugation to the Philistines because they were disobedient. Amen? But God, but God, because He loved them and because He had covenant with them, even though they were disobedient, He never gave up on them. And so He's trying to make a way now so that they can come back to Him. Amen? Amen. They still have to do it, but He's trying to make the way. And so that's why He's raising up Samson. Oh, and by the way, did you notice when Jesus spoke with the parents of Samson, He said, this one should be raised as a Nazarite. I've separated him out for my work. I've separated. I want him to be separate. I don't want him to be like all of the other young men in the neighborhood. He should be standing out. There's something different about this young man. My brothers and sisters, that's what he says about you and me. You should stand out in this cruel, cold, stinky world. You should, it should be easy to stand out now as wicked as it's becoming. Come on. So my brothers and sisters, he starts to grow up. He sees this woman. He wants to marry her. Why can't you marry a, a nice Jewish girl? I don't know if the Jews do this, but the Italians. I, why can't you find a nice Jewish girl? Or maybe it's like this. Hey! <laughs> but, but what's, right? You got to marry this pagan? They don't want the mix. But God was in it. Amen? God was in it. So now, he's going down to introduce and, and have his father make the deal with the father of the wife-to-be, and he's going down there, and as they're going down there, a young lion attacks Samson. Now look at Judges 14, verse 6 with me. I wanted you to see this. I could say it to you, but I want you to see it. In Judges 14, 6, the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and he tore the lion apart as one would have torn apart a young goat, though he had nothing in his hand. So you see what he's saying? You see what the Word is saying us? The Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. So his strength, his power came directly from the Lord and he was able to rip this lion apart with his bare hands. I don't know about you, but I believe this 100% wholeheartedly. I don't believe that this is an allegory. I believe this actually happened. Now, if you're one of those liberal Christians that think that you could go ahead and believe a little bit here and there, this one's believable, scientifically this could be proved, this can't, so maybe that's just a story like maybe Andy Stanley, who, you know, he's kind of half in, half out. No, you can't do this. You cannot do this. Now, listen, now, if anybody is mad at me for naming names, too bad. Sorry. I can only say the things that I've heard and the things that they've written. And I don't want my flock, my flock, I don't want anybody under the sound of my voice listening think, to these things and then, listen, that causes you not to have a sound mind. Do you understand that? When you start thinking and hearing other things and you start leaning, well, maybe, no, that, that causes you not to have a sound mind. 
So my brothers and sisters, it's important. And I listen, and in by, 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 by no measure do I ask any of you to believe everything that I say heartily. No, don't. Test everything. That's why I'm showing you scriptures. And make sure that I'm not taking any of these scriptures out of context. You need to test it. Amen? So please, I, I, I'm not saying, that, oh, I know more than these guys. I'm a better preacher or teacher. No, I'm not saying any of that. I just am um, doing my best to say what this says and what the Lord is speaking to me in my heart for you. Amen? So let's go with it. Hallelujah. <laughs> he tore him up with nothing in his hand. And though my brothers and sisters, then the next day, I don't know if it was the next day. Please forgive me. I'm old. I can't remember everything. But he sees that carcass of the lion as he's traveling down there. And uh, the carcass, now there's bees that made a nest. There's honey in there. And he's eating the honey. He gives it to his mom and dad and all that. I don't know if that's significant or not. It spoke to my heart because technically they shouldn't have, you know, been around that kind of dead bodies and all that other stuff. So I think, you know, maybe. But anyway, there's the reason why that's also important is because now as he's going down to start this wedding feast, it's going to be a seven-day feast before the marriage is consummated. Remember, the deal is already done. It's like they're married, but it just hasn't been consummated and there hasn't been the formal ceremony. So he's going down and when the parents of the bride... They see him coming. They appoint 30 companions for Samson. I guess they want him to be taken, you know, don't want any trouble. I don't know what the reason is, but they assign him 30 companions. Now, he's assigned these 30 companions, and then Samson says to them, I'll make a deal with you. I'm going to give you a riddle. If you could solve the riddle, I'll give you 30 changes of linen and nice outfits. See, when you're, when you're old and you, outfit, you don't call, outfit. I'm old. I'm going to give you fine linen. I'm going to give you other clothes, and I'm going to give you uh, outfits. But if you can't solve the riddle, then you give them to me. Amen? Okay, so now, three days, these guys are racking their brains, and they can't figure it out. So the fourth day, they go to his bride-to-be. And they threaten her. And they say, if you don't tell us, if you don't find out the riddle for us, give us the answer. We're going to burn your house down with everybody in it. So she goes to Samson and she nags him. And the Bible says that. It says it in a different way, but it says that. She nags him until he relents and he tells her. Then she goes and she tells him. So then on that day, they come back and they tell him what the answer to the riddle is. He's infuriated. He knows what happened. He says, if you didn't plow with my heifer. That's what he said. Don't get mad at me, ladies. That's what he said. And, it, and seriously, seriously, I know we're getting a chuckle out of it, but that's just a figure of speech, okay? I don't think he was calling his bride to be a heifer, but we'll leave that for Catherine to decide. So now he goes off. He goes off. And so in the meantime, as he goes off, his father-in-law-to-be gives his daughter to somebody else. Hey, we got this wedding ceremony planned. We got all this. I'm going to give him to one of the companions. Gives him to one of the companions. Samson is irate because now he wants to go back down there he steams he's 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 over his anger now he's got anger issues he's over his anger now he's going back he's going to go get his bride and now he finds out and his father-in-law explains to him what happened so samson in his anger he ties the tails of foxes or jackals together 300 ties them together and put torches in their tails and turns them loose so that it burns all the crops and orchards of the philistines burns them up in that area so obviously that didn't, you know, leave a good impression. They were all angry. The, the Philistine leaders are saying, what, what caused this? What happened? And then they find out what it was. So what they do in retaliation, the Philistine leaders, they burn his father-in-law and his bride to death. Burn him. Burn him. So in retaliation, Samson, as you'll, you, you, you've read it before, you've heard it before, some of this maybe hasn't been a while since you've been in Judges. So in retaliation, Samson goes down and he comes upon these Philistines and he kills a thousand of them with a donkey jawbone. And he's, he's heap upon heap. He's, he's selling wolf tickets now. Heap upon heap. You come at me with this and I took care of all y'all with a donkey jawbone. He's bragging. He's bragging on himself. And then from that point forward, and then my brothers and sisters, it's amazing to me. If I, as I follow this story and I see these ups and downs, I mean, you could see, you know, the flesh and you could see the spirit, obviously. 
but God's still working, trying to work. God's still doing things according to His, His purpose, His plan. Amen? So He does this thing. And then He goes and He hides out. I don't know if He's hiding out. It just says that He's a cave, a cave in uh, Adam. He goes to this cave. And now the Philistines camp at Jerusalem. They're going to go to Jerusalem now and they're going to you know, take their vengeance out on the, the Jewish people. So Jewish people say, hey, what's up? Why are you doing this? And they explain, we're, we're after Samson. So, they, so now the, the, the Jewish people go to where Samson is and they're going to arrest him. And they're going to turn him over so that they don't get attacked. When they go to Samson, Samson says, listen, just promise me that you won't kill me yourself. They say, no, 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 we're not going to kill you. We're just going to tie you up and, and give you to them. And he agrees. Samson agrees to do it. However, when they tied him up, even with new ropes, they tied him up, they go there, and when he get, approaches them, breaks them. My, my brothers and sisters, how, how could you explain this strength other than it's supernatural? Right? And he commences to, to do damage. My brothers and sisters, this is awesome stuff. This is awesome, awesome stuff. And I'm seeing this power that's obviously supernatural. And then I understand now from a New Testament perspective that he has given us a supernatural power. If that power came upon him, because remember, remember, most of it will say the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. And that's where he received that power to do those things. And it says now the Spirit of the Lord now is in us. And we still have this power. The power to do that, if God called us to, I'm sure. But let's start off smaller. How about the power just to be able to read and understand His Word? And then the power to do it. How about that? And then when it says, be not drunk with wine where it is in excess in Ephesians, where it says that, be ye being filled, be always in the, in the process of being filled. Go to him and drink. Not just the words, but understand that those words are spirit and life. So you're drinking in the true words. That's why it's important that you know the truth and you hear the truth. Anything other than that is, not, is powerless. It's powerful enough to bind you up. Powerful enough to bind you up. Amen? But when you're bound up, you're a sitting duck for your enemy. And when you're bound up, the power of God is not at work in you. Come on. See, it's quiet. So Samson became the judge. And he judged Israel for 20 years. But in 16, chapter 16 of Judges, Samson went to the Philistine town of Gaza. He spent the night with a prostitute. See, Samson... Although he has this mighty power of God, there's this weakness in the flesh that he has. Women are his downfall. Chocolate chip ice cream, I mean, you know. And I'm, and I'm teasing, but my brothers and sisters, understand, you know, we may, not, we may not suffer the same weakness that Samson does, but there are some things that we allow the enemy to have access to our walk with God with. It could be something like this. You know what? <clears throat> my, my children, fill in the blank, act this way when they're, you know, whatever it is. My children, my, my spouse, my wife. So in order for me to keep peace, I've got to compromise a little bit. I don't want to be um, too demanding of my children to live a godly life. I, I don't want to be uh, too demanding on my spouse to live a godly life. I don't want to be too demanding. I, I, don't, I want to make sure that I'm friends with the folks that I'm working with, so I'm not going to be too boisterous or outgoing as it relates to my walk with God. I'm not, what, whatever it is. Or how about this? I'm, I, I, you know, God has blessed me with this certain degree of intellect and I understand things that the average person doesn't understand. Therefore, you know, I've got to occupy my time and space this way. Or, therefore, I don't have to really spend, uh, I understand what the Word of God says, so I don't, you know, I'm not so totally dependent on, no, Come on. Or how about this? I am fairly successful in this life. I have some things. I'm blessed. I'm comfortable. So things must be going right because I'm comfortable. All of those things mean absolutely nothing. Nothing. 
Or how about this? I, I, you know, some people are doing this. I would never do that. That also is sin. Samson was out, out, right, right, you know, out, and out doing some things. Amen? But when we hold back and then we're prideful because we're holding back, that is as bad. And we'll see something here in a little bit. So anyway, Samson went down to the Philistine town. The guy was spent the night with a prostitute. Word soon spread that Samson was there. So the men of Gaza gathered together and waited, till, waited all night long at the gates of the town. They kept quiet during the night saying to themselves, when the light of morning comes, we will kill him. Samson, again, he, he, had, he had this, this knowledge. I, I credit the Holy Spirit. I credit the Spirit of God. He got up out of bed at midnight. He went out. He tore the gates down by the posts and carried them across the valley to the hill of Hebron. Now, if you're a handful of guys waiting out there to kill him, you're in sound asleep. He pulls all the gates down, pulls the posts out, walks across, sets it on the next hill. And maybe this is the wrong guy. <laughs> Just saying. Okay, so now look, I'm not really trying to be facetious, but that did serve a purpose. So my brothers and sisters, again, Samson just showing his absolute power by Holy Spirit. He was called. He was separated out. He's a Nazarite. There's certain things he cannot touch. There's, he cannot get his hair cut. There's certain things that he cannot do. So you and I have decided that we are going to be religious to a certain point. Oh, come on now. You know, we've decided we're going to do this much and God should be happy with that. Okay, let me just continue before somebody gets mad at me. So now, in, so now we see next Samson, in this chapter, Samson meets Delilah. Beautiful woman, he's totally attracted to her, right? So he starts spending time with her. So now when the Philistines see that he's spending time with her, they go to her and they promise her riches if she would give them the secret of his power. So she starts nagging him, just like the last one, starts nagging on him, and she, you know, she's appealing to his heart, says, okay, what is the secret? Now, I'm trying to do this from memory, bear with me. Oh, if, that, if I'm tied with seven fresh bowstrings, I'll be just like the average man. So she waits for him to fall asleep, ties him with seven bowstrings, and he, it, that didn't do it. <laughs> uh, there was, the other one was, if he, if he, if I'm tied with uh, new ropes, tied with new ropes, now he breaks everything, all right? Finally, he says, okay, if my hair, if the seven locks of my hair are woven in with the, uh, the, the, the thing that is attached to the loom, um, I'll, I'll lose my strength. See, now listen, see, see he got closer. You see that? So there's this progression that's taking place. I, when, when, when I read this, I, I'm, I'm relating it to what I see and the things that have happened in my life. And I want to say, okay, God, this, your word is everlasting. And these, these things have been written down. And you tell us to take these things seriously. Amen. Because uh, we'll get there in a minute too. See, the, I got to take these things seriously. So when I see things like this happening, it's ministering to me. What's it ministering? Tony, don't start flirting with the enemy. You know, don't start flirting with this world. Don't start having this conversation with the world. See, the minute I start compromising or having a conversation with the world, you know, that's the beginning. And the end is I give away all of it. That's the end of it. So we see that he came and that they could never overtake him. And then finally, she's, you know, just wailing on him and crying and moaning and such and such. How could you say you love me? You know, if you love me, you tell me. You're... And so he tells her. And she knows now that he's telling the truth. It says in the scripture that she, she knows that he's telling her his heart. And so she tells the uh, Philistine, she said, listen, this is the real deal now. Um, here's what's going to happen. You know, when he goes to sleep, someone comes in, shaves his head. They shave his head, and that takes away all his hair. So why? He didn't shave his head, Tony, but no, but he compromised. And so when he compromised, and he, he you know, step by step, inch by inch, and then he compromised, it was like him shaving his own head. When we compromise and that path leads us to this, to that, to the other thing, we're shaving our own head. We're violating this thing that we've been called uh, uh, to. Come on. 
shaves his head. So they capture him. He's now just like a regular guy. So now they capture him and they gouge his eyes out. Ma'am, are you okay? Father God, in Jesus' name, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would touch her from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. Father, in Jesus' name, you could do this. Father, not because I say so, not because we say so, but because you are the God, the healer. Touch her from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. So my brothers and sisters, now he becomes a servant. It says that he's grinding at the mill. He's grinding. So now he becomes a servant. He's got his eyes gouged out. <clears throat> Can we say now that he's been humbled? So now all of a sudden, this same one that was boasting, I, I killed a thousand of you with a job. Now he's in there grinding like a slave. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Philistines are celebrating. In fact, they plan this thing where they're going to have a feast to their god, Dagon. Amen? As they're planning this feast, guess what's happening? It says that his hair is growing back. Now watch. Listen, guys. This is what Tony believes. It just isn't a function of his hair growing back. When I read that, what's saying is his mind now is getting right. He's been humbled. He's been humiliated. And now he, he understands. It's not me. It's God. Come, come on. Somebody should say amen about that. That's not me. It's God. So his hair is growing out. That means he's coming to realize something. Now he's getting a sound mind back. Come on. Now he's getting a sign mind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So now they're in the midst of this feast. And he finds himself in the middle of two pillars and he's crying out to the Lord. Yes. And he says to the Lord, just this one time, Lord, I'll die with the Philistines, but just this one more time. One more time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And the Lord heard his cry. Amen? He pushed those pillars down and it says scripturally that he killed more in that day than he killed all of his life prior to that. Yes. And here you are celebrating, Tony, to death. Yes, I am celebrating the death of the enemies of God. Yes. Because they represent sin in my life. They, re they represent the devil and all of his demons. They represent all of the, the darkness of this age. That's what that represents as far as I'm concerned. And so when you see someone like Samson who has the power of God all over him and then he compromises... So, Tony, that's kind of a far stretch. You're taking that from there and you're applying it to here. 2 Corinthians. Chapter 6. I'll give you a few minutes. Chapter 6. Chapter 6. I'm going to be reading and it will be on the board. Uh, I'm not sure how much of this is there. I can't remember. I was... Chapter 6, verse 11. O Corinthians, we have spoken openly to you. Our heart is wide open. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted by your own affections. Did you hear that? Who's he talking to? The church. He's talking to Christians, quote unquote. He's saying, you're not restricted by us, you're restricted by your own affections. Samson, you have the power of God, but that power of God is being restricted. Why? Because your own affections. Yeah, but all I want, Tony, is to be able to provide for my family. All I want, Tony, is to give a nice house. All I want, Tony, is to have this kind of car. All I want, Tony, is to have this thing. <laughs> What does God want? We, we already know what you want. What does God want? What has God called you to do? See, Samson, like all of us, are, are, listen, are formed and fashioned by God for his plan, for his purpose. We are not called to live this life and invite him in. We're called to live the life that he's called us to live. 
I know that that's not popular. Or anybody can say yes and amen. And even for me, it's easy to say, harder to do. It's impossible to do without Him. That's why He came in, gave us His Word and His Spirit. Amen? So now watch. What is it that I'm really living for? What is it that really is guiding my life? What is helping me make my decisions? Is it God or is it my own affections? Because, listen, I'm not saying to you that if you're making some decisions according to your own affections, you're going to burn it out. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying, why would you do that? Because you know we see in Samson this progression. Here's the other thing. Remember where we are and where I really feel like God is trying to teach me, teach you, teach us is that is, in this time, we need the power of God working in us, on us, and through us. And we cannot have that, listen, if we are restricting ourselves according to our own affections. Is anybody getting this besides me today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My own affections are the thing that is nullifying the power of God in my life. And, as, and listen, I want my kids, my grandkids, you like your, I want my wife to be happy. I want everybody to be happy around me. I want things. Are they all, always happy? No. And sometimes their ire is directed at me. Uh, I'm not always right. That came from my own. She was saying on behalf of her mother, I'm going to go with that, Rachel. So, you know. Listen, 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 hear me, hear my heart. But when I'm preaching and teaching out of this, when I'm following this, whether you disagree with it or not, I'm always right. Hey, when I'm preaching and teaching out of this, when I'm guiding, when this is guiding my life, whether you agree with it or not, I'm right. Period. That's it. And so, my brothers and sisters, listen. I want, we should want, and, and really we should be hungry for the power of God in us, on us, and through us so that we can fulfill the purpose and plan that he's called us to. Yes. Amen? That's got to be number one in my life. My life isn't about what I can gather, what I can, what I can claim, the fame, the fortune, anything, any of the good things, quote unquote, that are in this life. They could go away that quick. And then what? Then, then, then listen, I'm going to tell you, and some of you may have heard this already, about some of the, the um, suicides that are taking place in my, uh, Mali. There are people committing suicide. They've lost everything. And I'm not saying this in a critical, being critical of them. But you can understand how that would totally take all the heart. Your, everything, I can imagine, my, my wife and I have so many things in our house right now, pictures of family pictures, some of the things, not just the money and the, and, the, and the financial worth and all that, but so many things that mean so much to us, specifically some of the memories that we have. Everything that, if that were to go away, that would be, that would, that would be horrible. That would be horrible. But my brothers and sisters, so, so in a way I can imagine no, I can't imagine what those people are going through, but in a way, I could see where someone would have lost all of that, and not just theirs, but their relatives, their community, and then just looking at that devastation, all in ash. So why am I saying that? Because that's, that's the reality. That's what really can happen. I want to tell you something real quick here. When, uh, when I was a little bit younger and, and still managing golf courses, I was with uh, a certain architect. We were discussing a job that I was going to. That was, I think it was just before I was going to Carolina to build a golf course. But he was showing me some of the other projects that he had had. And there was projects in, at that time, there were projects in China that he was going to work on. And, in that, in that, and the reason why I bring this up is because some of the project that they were working on was going to require some more land around it that the Chinese government didn't own. You know what they did? They took it away. They took it. They just took it. I'm so, so I'm saying to you, my brothers and sisters, you know, I don't know that we can fully understand, you know, because we have the quote-unquote freedom that we have and because there are many people in this room and certainly listen that have worked hard and worked hard for what they have and they've, uh, and, and I can say Michelle and I have worked hard and we've tried to always do the, the best that we can by our children and, and the things that we have, you know, we've worked for, we've, we knock on into debt, and some of you can make the same thing. You're working hard for the things that you have and all this other stuff. But, and even though we've done that, 
It could be gone that quick. So now when I come upon a scripture, O Corinthians, we have spoken openly to you, but our heart is wide open. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted by your own affections. I can't let all of those things that I've worked so hard for, I can't let all of them really have my affection to the point that now I'm not God-centered, I'm this life-centered. And then if I become a little bit attached to those affections, the power of God is diminished in my life. So why don't we see signs, wonders, and miracles in the church today? There you go. There you go. See, now prior to this, I, I don't want to read the whole chapter to you, but prior to this, he says, we give in, in um, 6, 3, and 4, we give no offense in anything that our ministry not be blamed. What he's saying is, look, we're, we're not putting a stumbling block in front of anybody. We're not making it hard for you to follow the Lord. Right? That's what he's trying to say. We're not making it hard for you to follow the Lord. But in all things we commend ourselves as ministers of God. So what he's saying is, listen, he's not saying we're patting ourselves on the back as ministers of God. He's saying, no, in all things we're living it out. We're, we're showing that we're ministers of God. We're outwardly showing you that we're ministers of God. And then he goes into this thing. We're beaten, we're arrested. And he goes, all these things that they're suffering. But then he says how they do it. By this, by that, by the power of the Holy Spirit, by love. And they're doing all of these impurity. They're saying all of these things that they're doing it in. They're suffering. They're, they're arrested. They're beaten. They're, 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 they, they don't have any food at times. They don't have any place to, to sleep or eat. At, you see what I'm saying? Well, despite all of these um, sufferings, despite all of these things, we're overcoming them in purity and all, by all of these other things. So that's when he gets to that verse 11. We've spoken to you openly. Our heart is wide open. Right? You're restricted by your own affections. In verse 13, he says, Now in return for the same, I speak as to children, you also be open. So he's saying it's because we've been open to you, because we've lived this life and we're open to you and we're not placing a stumbling block before you. In fact, the opposite. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Do you know what he's doing right there? He's quoting the Old Testament. So my brothers and sisters, the Old Testament is just as relevant to you and me today as it was when he was preaching it to the Corinthians. Hallelujah. Look at verse 17 with me. Therefore, therefore, having said everything that I just said, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. I will be a father to you and you should be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Did you, do, you, do you follow this? Is this tracking with anybody right now? Listen, our communion is to be that with God, not with the world. Our affection is to be toward God and not toward anything of the world. Listen, you know when Jesus said, if anyone would come to me, they must hate their daughter. He's not saying literally you need to hate your relatives. In fact, he's saying, how could he say that? And then on the other hand, say, love your enemies. Answer, he's not saying that. He's using an idiom. He's saying, you, not, you need to put me first ahead of everything. You need to be willing to give them up to follow me. And there have been people that have done that. Come on, have had to do that. So my brothers and sisters, where are our affections? We see the, we see the power that Samson had over the enemies of God. But we also see the imperfection, the frailty, when he followed his own affection. But God. But God. See, when Samson, when Samson suffered a consequence, when Samson realized, just like the prodigal son, came to himself, cried out to the true and living God who is just, who is holy, who is righteous, but he's loving and merciful. But God. Hallelujah. So listen, so I'm here, for, for, I'm here to tell you, look, some of you, you need to be stirred up, right? You, you, you've become a little bit comfortable. Some of you think, well, I'm there. I've got my fire insurance now and I'm good. No, you need to be stirred up. 
The power of God. Listen, if you don't... Li come on! Hear me! The Bible tells us, those of us who've been studying 1 Corinthians, we know Paul, by the Holy Spirit, says, desire spiritual gifts. And he's speaking specifically in that context, these gifts and manifestations of Holy Spirit working in us, on us, and through us. And now if you believe, I believe, that one of those gifts has been operating here this morning through the preaching. Right? There's prophecy that's going forth. Now, you need a gift to operate through you. Come on. You need some discernment. You need to judge what I'm saying according to the Word of God. Not according to how you feel and not according to how good looking I am. No, you need to judge that according to what the Word of God says. So my brothers and sisters, listen to me. Please, hear me. We are in a peculiar and a precious time. We need to be showing our kids that the words that we speak, the words that we walk, all of these things are true and they are powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. My brothers and sisters, again, they're hearing so many stories from so many of what makes us different. The power of the Holy Spirit. That's what makes us different. So my brothers and sisters, we need to walk in that power. And the only way we can do that is stop restricting Him. Amen? Amen. Did I make you mad? Nope. Darn it! <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Amen? You can see that I brought out the elements today. My brothers and sisters, I want to I go back. Just bear with me here. Just a couple minutes more. I want to remind you what it said in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. Just hear me. Don't, don't turn there. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? So this communion that we're going to celebrate in remembrance of what Jesus, our God, did for us at Calvary. You see, this, this my brothers and sisters, says to you, to me, to the world, we are living our lives in communion with Him. Yes. Amen? All that He is. All that He is. Amen? So I'm going to give the folks that are viewing right now, whether you're seeing this live or it's recorded, it doesn't matter. Get your elements ready. I want to say to you, my folks, my, my, my brothers, my sisters, the, my, my sheep, the, the ones I love, I, I, I really, get ready. Get, make yourself ready. And I want you to understand something. It doesn't matter. Listen, it doesn't matter what you did. It doesn't matter. In this moment, if Holy Spirit has convicted you of something, and you know that your affections have been divided, yes. you know that your, your affections have been on something else, now's the time. Bring it to Him. Bring it to Him. Amen? Amen. Clear. And, and look, this scripture just told us something. The moment, the moment that Samson came to himself, the moment that he realized he was humbled before God. It's your strength, God. Yes. Everything that I am, everything that I have starts with you. you Forgive me, Lord, for taking it on myself. Yes. Forgive me, Lord, for being divided, having my affections divided. So in the here and now, you could have what Samson had. What's that? Renewal in the Spirit. Yes. The power of the Spirit. Amen? Amen. So, Tony, if you would just play something softly. Just take a few minutes. Bring it to God. The elements will be up here. I'll help a few of you uh, grab your elements. But uh, take a minute. Make it right between you and God. Amen? Amen.
cast down our idols So give us clean hands Give us pure hearts Let us not lift our souls to another Give us clean hands Give us pure hearts Let us not lift our souls to another No, God, let us be a generation that seeks Who seeks your face Lord, and thank you for your righteousness that you purchased for us at Calvary. Lord, as we come together as a body, as your body, and we remember what you did for us, Lord, and according to your word and according to the message that you had just given us, by your Holy Spirit, Lord, would you please help us to live in communion when we walk out of here? with you continue to be your body continue to be your feet your hands whatever you've called us to be we've been separated by you for you so lord we ask you right now in your name according to your good work that you did at calvary father be with us help us in jesus name take and eat Father, as we take this cup signifying the blood, knowing, Lord, by the works of the law shall no flesh be saved, but by the remission of, without the remission of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. So we thank you, Lord that not by our works, but according to your blood. And we thank you, Lord, and don't take it lightly. We also know, Lord, that there's power in your blood. Father, in Jesus' name, we come before you now thanking you for taking that body, becoming 
Godly, God in a body. And we ask you, Lord, now, as we take this, as we take this cup, that we understand that this isn't the excuse to continue to sin, but this gives us the ability not to sin. So we receive it now, Lord. In Jesus' name, thank you. Take and drink. Hallelujah. 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 God is good. He is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. So look, we're a little bit quiet, a little bit somber. We should leave out of here and go in the joy of the Lord. If God, listen, if God spanked us a little bit, hallelujah. Because He corrects those that He loves. Amen? If God has just gone ahead and reinforced something, or He's given you confirmation on something, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Go out of here. Listen, go out of here in the strength that God has provided for you by His Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. So now watch. Watch. Keep your head on a swivel. Be alert. Be sober-minded. Have a sound mind. Always in love. Always in love. And enjoy the power that God has given you. Not for your own, listen, not for your own gain, but for His purpose. Amen? Amen. So God, thank you again as we go. Go before us, Lord, and allow us, Lord, to continue to serve you in, in truth and in spirit. In Jesus' name, let the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. God bless you. Go in peace.